Hey everyone and welcome to the Just Chatting Podcast, a podcast discussing all things fitness, well-being and mindset, hosted by yours truly, Jessica Banhan. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Just Chatting Podcast. I am joined by a very special friend of mine. I'm so excited for this podcast. Nobody's any idea, like I'm actually trembling with excitement and that is with the incredible the mindset coach aka Kira McCullough. Kira, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I, I'm, I'm equally as excited just so you know I'm uh, I have a long time follower of yours and uh, yeah I'm, I'm, just, I'm buzzing to be on this. Oh unreal unreal no there's always been this like I just even I think when you reached out to me like last year and you were like just messaged me and I was like oh I just feel like I could just get on with this person so much and like now yeah like, here we are we've met each other so many times since as well so yeah. <laughs> it's great but um yeah no I'm so excited to obviously have this conversation I suppose as you know and as a lot of people on this podcast will know mindset matters mindset is everything to me mm-hmm. um, as of course it is for you as well and you know as I was kind of like obviously saying just off air I was actually watching for those of you who may not know Kira recently did a TED talk in Tralee last I think October November last that year right yeah yeah so um like I'm actually going to link that in the show notes as well because for anyone that does enjoy this podcast it is something that you need to watch um but obviously like you know you're you're not you've done so much other speaking opportunities before so speaking obviously to you is like a natural form as well but I think obviously you are the mindset coach for a reason so for nobody that could have you know for anyone that's might be a new listener here who's new to you tell us a little bit about you and your story as well because it's so it's so incredible and like to kind of think about how how you've grown and like even seeing the new chapters that are coming up for you in 2022 this is obviously so exciting as well but it hasn't been an easy journey for you and I know you're so open about talking about your experiences as well so tell everyone a bit about yourself here and about how you kind of it's got you to where you are now today well, first of all, thank you for all those kind words. I won't be able to fit out the office. <laughs> My head will be so big. Um, so look, I'm a mindset coach, but I'm a coach that comes with lived experience. And um, I wasn't always, um, what's the word I'll use, knowledgeable around how important our mindsets are. Mm-hmm. And I would have experienced a type of mindset that was centered around being extremely hard on myself. Uh, extremely self-critical, extremely self, I just judge myself on everything. And the common theme that came up just was centered around, am I enough? Will I ever be enough? And the answer I always gave myself was no, like you're not ever going to be enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tried to pinpoint when it started, but I, 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 I can't, right? So I've always had a, a type of narrative in my mind uh, for as long as I can remember of am I enough will I ever be enough and then the conclusion that I always came to was no and that happened in school it happened all through college it happened um you know even in work career I suppose leading up to now and for me I suppose I've started to understand the the power of the mind and dogs doorbell I started to understand the power of the mind and noticed that for a good 22 23 24 years I was actually using my mind to my disadvantage because all I kept finding was more and more evidence to support why I wasn't enough. Um, at the age of 19, I had um, gotten to a point where I started to believe that I was broken, like genuinely broken, like there's something wrong with me here. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of, at the time, and I'll be very open, and I, this gets very deep very quick. <laughs> Wait, three minutes we're in. going straight in for, for anyone. Uh, well, we're just going straight in for, let's get deep, Kara. Come on. Let's um, but I, I got to a point at 19 where I just said, you know, like, am I always going to have to deal with this? Like, is this going to be a constant stream? And maybe everybody experiences this, I'm not sure. But for me, it just became so consuming and so overpowering. And that am I not good enough or am I will it will I ever be enough started to become I really start to hate myself and I'm really starting to uh, really be critical of myself um I was starting to say to myself you have no value in this world nobody gives a shit about you and that inner narrative became so powering um and I at 19 I just decided that I'm better off not being here right and 
that was my first attempt in my life. And two weeks later, I had my second. Now, I came out of that and I survived. Um, But I kind of went through the motions for a while of going to talk therapies and counselling but for other people and I think this is really important to note uh, because I was doing it for other people just to make them happy just to tick a box right because I genuinely didn't deserve that I think that I deserved to ever feel better this was just who I was and I couldn't be fixed right mm-hmm. um, and I was okay for a while I actually joined um, Nina Rugby so I had changed environments um, and got a new bunch of really cool friends uh, and was okay. And then at the age of 22, I had um, a relationship breakdown. And it was like you flipped the light switch all over again of, see, this is always going to impact your life. Like this is always going to be something that's going to negatively impact your life. Why bother, right? And at that point, um, I'll always remember saying, I had enough of not feeling enough, right? Mm -hmm. and when I compare my third attempt in my life to the first attempt the third attempt I genuinely didn't want to be here like 100% was like I am better off dead (laughs) right and I I survived it and I woke up and one of my very first um thoughts Jess was uh, centered around why do I have to be here why why did I have to survive mm-hmm. and uh, you've watched my TED talk <laughs> and as I looked down to my left hand side after I had that thought uh, to my left and I might cry here because uh, it always gets me and it's a memory that will always forever be etched in my mind of my mother sitting beside me um, and I could visibly see the, the pain in her eyes and I think I got to witness the pain I would have caused her for forever if I had actually ended up dying Mm. and I realized in that moment that while she was also in pain there was also a huge sense of relief so I said to myself um what are you doing like what are you doing here um and you survived and maybe you survived for a reason and I for the very first time in my life and I would have classed that as my absolute rock bottom um feeling genuinely broken didn't genuinely didn't want to be here um and wholeheartedly felt not good enough worthless had no value uh was a complete burden that's how I felt and I think I looked down at my mother and and you know you know our story our family like my dad would have died by suicide like he's 29 years dead now so he we've already been through that and here I was putting my family through the same thing again Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, okay, you've two fucking choices here. Um, you can keep going the way you're going, but your mind is eventually going to kill you. You're not a cat with nine lives, right? You're not going to keep popping back up. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can discover the reason why you survived. And it was the very first time in my whole life where I felt like I had a choice. And that one moment where I said, hold on here a second, I, I actually have a choice. I can choose something different, mm-hmm. but it has to start with me. And when I mentioned previous that like I would have gone to counseling for, for other people, mm-hmm. um, I made a promise to myself that day. I said, Do you know what? I've been my own worst enemy for, for so long and it's happening inside of me. So it must be my responsibility. And I made a promise to myself to the, that day that I was like, I'm going to do everything in my fucking power to find out why, why did I survive? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. And to find out what it meant to be fully alive, not just existing, not just surviving, not just getting through the day, not just going through emotions, truly fucking happy. <laughs> right. And from there on in, I went and I said yes to everything. So first things first it was a psychiatrist I said yes I'll go I was wholeheartedly jumped in and then they referred me on to a counsellor and a funny story actually I arrived up to the counsellor and I knocked at the door and my mother actually came with me and I was all like yes I'm gonna like just say all the stuff that's in my mind because I hadn't done that previous you know I kind of give them the surface level stuff just to kind of tick the box yeah um and I just said I'm gonna say it out and I don't care like what people think of me but I'm just gonna say it 
and knock on the door and the counselor comes out and she goes hey Bernie which is my mother and I was like you've got to be fucking kidding me here I've been really tested uh so they had worked together previous in a previous job and uh to be fair to her she addressed it straight away so the second I went in sat down she said that must have been a bit weird and I said yeah it was a little bit <laughs> um and from then I wholeheartedly said everything that I needed to say I laid it all out on the table and I went all in so that's my kind of theme for my life is just go all in right Mm -hmm. and that's why that that kind of those few words are so important to me because going all in saved my life and this doesn't happen for everybody and everybody's journey will be different but Mm -hmm. in six sessions I had a new mindset I had a new uh, understanding of my mind I had a new understanding of my past and how that affected uh, how I felt about myself um, and like if you take that was six hours after going through the motions and barely just surviving and barely getting by and genuinely hating myself for almost 22 years mm. and in six hours like by going all in and saying how I felt like and that started my journey then with um, mindset and how powerful our minds are. And I remember picking up a book by um, John Keogh and it's called Mind Power. I think two or three years after that. And it completely blew my mind, like the power of the mind and, and mindsets and all that kind of stuff. And I've just kind of been going all in on that. And thankfully, I've um, got a, an advanced diploma in mental health and wellbeing coaching. So that's what I do now. I, I help people who may in a similar position to me or even not as bad but just want to start thriving a life and and going all in so um that's probably the long and short of it <laughs> well, the long and short of it but like still not for me not long at all like, I think, like look you touched on some incredibly um emotional moments there as well I think like as you said nobody's journey is ever going to be the same um, mm-hmm. But I suppose, like, why I, and we've talked about this before um, previously, like, I suppose, like, why I feel so connected to you or why, like, again, what, like, just, you know, as I'm saying, like, you know, I got emotional reading, like, listening to your story from the TED Talk is because I have not a similar approach or a similar journey, but I know some of what you're experiencing as well. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's sometimes hard to kind of, like, admit that as well, because for so long, I would have been in denial about yeah. how I was feeling a lot of my childhood trauma still comes up um so something mm-hmm. I deal with every day and I suppose like you know it's something that it's we can overcome these feelings and overcome we can obviously manage our minds so much but I suppose like as you know bad as it might sound like it's a part of us that we will always have and I suppose like at the hardest part I suppose about coming even from here and moving forward in life is that like you have those kind of whatever emotional scars if you want to call them that mm-hmm. visible but you know they're there but holy crap they make you so much stronger and I think like you know there's so much like people could take from your story as well like they might not experience to the same extent some mm-hmm. some perhaps might will but like you know the things of like even like I suppose like even the therapy side of things like a lot of people feel oh sure all my friends are going to therapy I sure I'll do it as well like just you know whatever but like and kind of again saying the things that you think is going that they want to hear but like mm-hmm. like people don't open up and and it's horrible for people to not feel that they can open up whether it's in therapy whether it's through a partner a friend a lot of people feel keep they keep it bottled in and I see that through my own coaching as well like even with my own clients so like you know I'll always kind of tell my clients I'm like I need you to be honest and as I feel that it is a safe space and no doubt that's obviously what you create for your own clients as well like no matter what they're going through that security in the safe place that you're like that you're not alone as well but um yeah like it's just it's just incredible to to like see where you are now as well and I think like you know I suppose like on on the current basis as well, like, you know, like, obviously, you, I don't know whether you kind of still go to therapy as well, but how, like, coming from all that, how do you manage things now? Like, how do you overcome your bad days now or, like, th- those kind of negative thoughts? Because no doubt, as as people, like, as I said, it's not just you wake up one day and, oh, I'm a brand new person and everything's great. <laughs> Naturally, you probably still have your bad days, of course, as we all do in our challenges. Yeah. I suppose, how do you manage them now to what you would have done back when you were 22 and stuff? Um, I think for me, one of the things that I had to learn to accept, and I think you hit the nail on the head there with what you said of, like, we have these things that are part of us, these experiences, these traumas, mm-hmm. what we've we've gone through in life. And sometimes we think they don't affect us. And I think when we 
speak about I'm gonna go on a tangent but I'll come back to your question um sometimes when we speak about trauma we think it's this big grand life-changing event that happens but Mm -hmm. it could be as simple as at age seven like you stood up in front of the class and you went to read something and then the whole class laughed at you because you fumbled over a word and now at age 30 you don't understand why you're going into an interview and you're riddled with anxiety Mm -hmm. right so these are little traumas that can happen and uh, I don't think when it comes to therapy that we have to be at a particular point like we can go to therapy when we feel good I often go to therapy when I feel good right so um how do I make myself feel good it's about coming to the acceptance that um I have these scars um and I, I like to use them to my advantage right so it's learning a deeper understanding about myself that was key for me right so learning these are my scars so for example um I might have an experience and myself and my wife would be together and it would be the same experience that we both have but I will come from it from an emotional side first right and that's because I have had so much experience right with with different things so I will always go through it on am I am I thinking enough am I enough and I will always flip back to that so one of the things to note is that as a mental health and well-being coach as a mindset coach uh, having been through all of this I'm not someone who doesn't ever experience feelings of not being good enough anymore. That's not eliminated. My response to it is different. So one of the things I always hammer home to myself and also to my clients is how would you support your best friend in this situation? Mm-hmm. Right? What, what would you say to them? How would you support them? How would you encourage them? So for me, if I'm ever having a bad day, I literally ask myself, what do I need? And if I can't come up with the, the answer and find my need, I ask myself, if your best friend was sitting in front of you right now, going through the exact same thing, experiencing what you're experiencing, how would you help them? And that comes from great love and support and trust. So when we can give that back to ourselves, the same thing we do to give to other people, then we start to cultivate a deeper relationship with ourselves. And for me, yes, I absolutely experience down days. I experience days where I go back to old coping mechanisms and mm-hmm. um, but it's about having the awareness first of all and, and therapy and coaching help me get that mm-hmm. uh, so I can catch it earlier on and uh, I don't stay in it as long as I, I normally would previous to this so you know if something were to happen to me I could go under for like two three weeks sometimes two three months whereas now I catch it in the moment and I'm like okay what do I need mm-hmm. and it's it's as simple as asking yourself a question what do you need most right now and one of the things that I always think about is our minds are primed for us to for us to, to survive in this world, right? Mm-hmm. But also they're primed for us to choose what's easy sometimes. And the harder choice is sometimes the harder choice to being our own best friend. That's a hard choice. Mm-hmm. So in those moments where I'm having my my bad days, my brain wants me to survive and it wants me to choose what's easy. So that might mean staying inside when I know a walk would really be beneficial for me it might mean uh rather than uh skipping out my exercise it might be my brain will prime me to you know stay here and be comfortable because you're already going through so much right that's some of the narratives that we might have but making the hard choice of giving yourself what you genuinely really need in that moment and i've started to cultivate that relationship with myself where yes it is a harder choice in the moment but think about how you want to feel so to acknowledge how you feel right now is this is how I feel. I might feel shit. I might feel uh, feeling a bit worthless, whatever it is that you're feeling, right? It's okay, first and foremost. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to feel them. And to acknowledge them for what they are and go, okay, how do I want to feel, right? And what do I need to give myself to give to get me more of that feeling that I want? So whether it's energized or confident or whatever it is, then we actually, like I had when I was coming out of the third suicide attempt, we have a choice, Mm -hmm. right? Do I stay in this feeling and let it build and build and build? Or do I acknowledge it, sit with it and give myself what I need so I can come out of it quicker? Mm -hmm. So that's part of my process. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's definitely very interesting as well because, you know, again, we will all have different ways of kind of doing it, but obviously you spent so much time in this space and as you said you've you've found what works for you and how you actually do it but 100% it is awareness 
Um, mm-hmm. It's not just like, okay, straight away. Like, you know, I, I suppose like the biggest thing I, I would always even say to people is like, find out your why. There's no point yeah. of finding the solution unless you know the why so that you can overcome it the next time. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, if we're kind of experiencing similar thoughts and we're kind of like, oh yeah, this will fix it, this will fix it. It's like, you're not understanding why it's happening. Because mm-hmm. if you don't understand your why, it's going to keep on repeating. Um, but in terms of obviously, because actually one because when I was listening to your TED talk, I was actually picking up words that you said. And one of them was actually, uh, well, it's two words. It's obviously self-trust, but self-love as well. And obviously self-love you just kind of touched upon as well. Because mm-hmm. um, it's something that a lot of people just don't do. Mm-hmm. And I suppose like, um, I put a po- post up there a few days ago about kind of like negative self, um, negative labels and how we can kind of label ourselves. Because I say I would see it in the fitness space in terms of I would see people coming to me and they're like, oh, I was really good this week. And oh, sure, I was bad because I had this to eat and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's all negative self-talk. And I'm just, you know, and I'm there trying to be like, OK, I understand what you mean but mm-hmm. let's try a different approach to this. So in terms of like self-love as well, and obviously look, this probably stuff you see with clients, like, you know, is, you know, obviously, cause you obviously use the things, you obviously said this phrase like to yourself, I'm not enough and I, I don't deserve to be here and all these sad negative emotions that we shouldn't be associating with ourselves. So with that, you know, like how, how do you kind of, I suppose against, is, is it all through kind of again, self-awareness as well as like, you know, because people don't probably realize that they're doing it. I think that's the I think that's the biggest yeah. thing with mindset. People don't realize their thoughts and how it's actually affecting into their actions. So, mm-hmm. like, how do you kind of address the situation? Let's say when it came to your situation or when it came to like your clients, perhaps. Yeah. So I'll just give you a little bit about the brain and how it works first, uh, because it's really powerful in terms of what we say to ourselves and how we say it to ourselves matter so much. Mm-hmm. If we could understand the importance of how much it matters we would never speak to ourselves in a negative way again. Um, Our brains are very, um, they take in a lot of information every moment of every day. So we can't actually, it can't actually take in all of the information. So what it does is it filters out information. Okay, so it puts it into, have I a file on this? Stick it into that, right? So that's kind of how our brains work in terms of our everyday going. Now, what it does is it takes what we say on repeat and sees that as really important information, okay? And it also associates. So, for example, if I'm saying to myself, uh, I am an anxious person, right? I experience anxiety. I'm an anxious person. I'm an anxious person. And and we say it every time we feel anxiety. And we might even start to say what's wrong with me. Our brain associates. um, I'll actually use a different example. Uh, I'm unfit, right? I'm an unfit person. I'm a lazy person. Our brain then uh, tries to align three things. Our thoughts, our emotions and our actions. Okay. So that's kind of activated by how we speak to ourselves. Okay, so that's called a feedback loop. So our brain naturally wants to align our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. And that's called a feedback loop. And when we're not aware of that feedback loop, that's running on predominantly our emotions. Okay, so if we feel like we're maybe not as fit as we'd like, we might start to label ourselves as a lazy person or an unfit person. What our brain does in that sense is that it actually associates, okay, what does a lazy person do, right? So they don't go to the gym, they don't exercise, they don't go for a walk, they might eat unhealthily. And what do they think, right? So now we're starting to see, why am I not motivated to go to the gym? Why am I not motivated to go out out for a walk? It's because that label of being unfit, or even we might call ourselves lazy, your brain has associated, this is what lazy people do, so now this is what you do, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we counteract that and get more control back of that feedback loop? So I have this simple exercise um, that I do for myself every single morning. And if you were to ask me, what's the one thing that you do every single day that like impacts your mindset and your mental health and your whole life? It's, It's an exercise based around gaining back control of that feedback loop. And you might've heard me mentioned in the TED Talk, how do you want to feel today? Mm. And what are three small actions I can take to get there? Okay. So now we're actually, rather than waking up and going, oh, I feel like crap. And then you might start to say, yeah, it's because you had this last night because you didn't exercise and blah, blah, blah. We might start to be really hard on ourselves mm-hmm. before we even get about a bit. And we want to interrupt that pattern. Okay. Because that can become a cycle very quickly, a negative cycle very quickly. So we want to interrupt that pattern. So now a promise to yourself to build self-trust, right? Keeping the promise to yourself is the number one way to build self-trust. We make a deal with ourselves that before I get out of bed, I'm going to do this exercise. 
three things I'm grateful for and why. And then the next part is the most important part. What are three feelings I'd like to feel today? And what are three small actions I can take to get there? Mm. Okay. And then the next bit is an affirmation, right? We can also compound that as well and go, what are the types of thoughts that I need to cultivate to get these feelings or for me to empower myself to complete these actions? So the actions are the driving force now, right? So now we're hijacking that feedback loop to work for us, right? So the actions are the strongest element of that. So now, rather than letting our life be ruled by our emotions, we're in charge of it. So we've taken back our life, right? And the affirmations are a part of telling our brain, this is what I want to think now. I'm labeling myself as a confident person. I am confident. So -hmm. your brain now goes, what do confident people do? Well, they might go to the gym. They might go for a walk. They might eat healthy. They might do the six or eight glasses of water a day, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. What we associate as a confident person, your brain will strive you to be that person. So it will work for you, okay? Mm -hmm. So thinking by design, doing by design and acting by design. So it's like, how do I cultivate this feeling that I want? So if we say I want to feel confident, before we can be confident, we have to trust ourselves that we will actually back ourselves to do the things. So I will, one of the foundational pieces with all my clients is building that self-trust. Mm. So it's these small promises that you make yourself, i.e. three small actions I can take to feel those feelings. They're teeny tiny actions. So it might be a five minute walk. It might be a um, five minute journaling session, whatever it is for that person and that individual, that's what is perfect for them. But committing to that and following through on that builds unshakable self-trust and when we start to realize okay I'm actually starting to put in the work I'm showing up for myself and not only that I'm like training my brain to work for me rather than against me I'm in control here and you start to slowly but surely go oh I'm confident right so the feelings that you're cultivating become your reality because you're designing that reality Mm. because I think we can we can take our emotions sometimes as fact and we can take our thoughts as fact and I I absolutely took both of them as as the gospel the bible for for me right you're not good enough oh yeah that's a fact right but the more we say something the more I suppose our brain sees it as important information the Mm. more it'll go to find evidence to support it right so our brains have confirmation bias and what that means is it goes to work to find evidence to support what we're saying. So to go back to your like the importance of self-talk, what we say on repeat, we're actually training our mind to go to work to find evidence to support what we're saying. And if that, that narrative is negative and it's centered around self-criticism, self-judgment, and really being hard on ourselves, that's what we're going to find. We're going to find the, the evidence to support it. And the important thing that happens after that is when we find more and more evidence, we start to believe it, right? So take my example. I kept saying to myself, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And I found evidence to support it. And I kept finding it. And I kept finding it. And then I started to really believe it. And the powerful part of our brain, and this is my favorite part of the brain, is called the reticular activating system, right? So sounds really cool because it is, right? Uh, <laughs> But it's the most powerful part because it takes what we believe. Mm -hmm. And when the reticular activating system gets activated, it means its job is to shut down any information that contradicts that belief. So to go back to my story, if I am believing, truly believing, because I started to see evidence, right, that I'm not good enough. If I believe that now, my brain shuts down any information that might contradict that. So I will never see my achievements. I will never see all of the ways I'm good enough I will never see any of that because our brains are trying to save information all the time so they're like oh no that's too much that's new we're not dealing with that let's deal with what we know that's how our brains work and we're actually through our self-talk priming our mind to work against us Mm. so if we can actually look at our mind and go okay how do I want to feel if I want to feel like a confident person it's time to start saying that to yourself and every time you have a negative thought, it's time to consciously, deliberately and intentionally flip that to something more positive. It's, it's, that's what I mean about doing the work. And that can often be tough work if it's like, like to, in my case, it, it took a long time. It doesn't happen overnight. But I remember sitting at home with my mother one day and I remember saying, 
you know what? It's been, it's been like a week where I haven't had like a run of negative self-talk and that week turned into a month and that month turned into three months. And like, do I experience negative self-talk now? Yeah. Uh, do I agree with it? No. Right. Mm-hmm. Does it have power over me? No. So in learning to speak to myself the same way I would speak to my best friend, using words of compassion and empathy and support, that has allowed me to use and help me to train my brain to work for me. So now I'm seeing evidence to support why I am enough, do you know? Mm. And we can actually help our confirmation bias by providing it with evidence. So the second part of the exercise that I spoke about that I worked through with clients is three ways I'm proud of myself. So you, we do that. There's a nighttime one and a morning one. So the nighttime one is three ways I'm proud of myself. The feedback I get from that initially when people start that first is, this is really fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't think of three ways, right? And I'm like, lean into this discomfort because if we have been so hard on ourselves for a long period of time, it's almost like stepping out of our comfort zone mm. by actually being kind to ourselves. So when we step out of our comfort zone, the job of our brain is to go, I'm alerting you here to say that you're stepping into this comfort. And we normally go, okay, I'll step back into comfort, right? Mm. I'll step back into what's familiar. But what's comfortable and familiar to the brain is survival. And if we go, well, if I really want to thrive in life, there's a huge difference between just being comfortable and surviving and actually really fucking thriving. I'm stepping into this discomfort. And if you can lean into three ways you're proud of yourself today and really cultivate the answers, you're helping your confirmation bias find evidence as to why you are enough, as to why you are succeeding, as to why you are thriving, as to why you are confident, right? Leaning into that discomfort is paramount because you start to learn more. So you know when you step out of your comfort zone, first thing you hit is the fear zone. And the job of the fear zone is to bring you back into what's comfortable, survival mm-hmm. mode, right? What's familiar, what's safe, and what's surviving is a lot different to thriving in life. That's, that's my ethos. So something as simple as three ways you're proud of yourself is you stepping out of your comfort zone in a massive way. But the more that you do it, the more you'll find evidence to support that. And that will become an easier task because it's becoming familiar. And that becomes your comfort zone. Mm. so imagine your comfort zone being a place of like love and empathy and support and encouragement rather than I'm going to put myself down in order to try and motivate myself never works Mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's just I'm just mind blown to be totally honest really mind blown I don't know like I think this podcast is more so for me than for anyone else because I'm like (laughs) you're writing down notes be like yeah okay cool cool um but I loved all that Thank nice. you so much for sharing that. No, I really, really do. Because again, I think so. that's something that I've kind of noticed with my journaling as well. Like like even like practicing gratitude. Like when I first started practicing gratitude, I was like, show up a grave of her. Like, what? I was like, what mm. was this do? And you're literally writing down the same things all the time. And I'm like, ah, come on now. Whereas even this mm-hmm. morning, I was like, I put down like my bed because I was like, I'm just grateful I've read really bed. So like mm-hmm. it's, it's important to start doing that as well. And I suppose like the reason why I want to talk about that is because I would have a lot of clients who would come to me, let's say they're like, oh, I want to feel confident. I want to feel strong and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, but you know, you can start doing that now before you even lift up a weight. And yeah. it's something that I suppose, again, because I'm only like a year into coaching and I'm kind of like, you know, trying to figure out how I'm approaching things and how I approach people's beliefs as well, because a lot of it is down to their mindset in terms of they feeling that they can't go to the gym because they're anxious about X, Y, and Z. And I've been there, like, I know what it's like. And um, I suppose like a lot of it is like self-belief and like, I've had like client calls over the last like week and they're telling me like, oh, I want to feel this. I want to feel that. And I'm like, you're no, I'm going to say something I, you don't want to hear. And that it's, it starts with you. It starts yeah. with the, the, with you. I can't, tell you do this and you're going to feel confident do this and you're mm-hmm. going to feel so strong and it's something that it is a hard pill to swallow to actually it's your self-belief and um, that's why like again like like using the words that you actually like affirmations again something I've only started kind of properly doing again the last like few days as well because again I realized that I wasn't using them as much as what I, I as I should be doing um or could be doing I should say and um yeah just realizing the power that affirmations have and actually believing in it I know when you start using affirmations and when you start using those words as you said it's going to feel uncomfortable because like if you were to like 
stand up and like you know stand up from your desk and be like I'm confident like it sounds so bizarre and you sound like a crazy person but that's okay Mm -hmm. because over time as you said your mind will believe it and you are whatever you believe so as you literally as you said if you say I'm lazy and et cetera, et cetera, you're going to start doing the actions that contribute to that mm-hmm. feeling. So there's no point saying all oh, my actions will get me to the feelings. Your feelings will get you to the act- actions mm-hmm. um, as well. So let's talk a bit about habits. So something that you obviously brought up as well in terms of obviously the habits that whether you do them on a daily, weekly basis and how that can contribute to your overall mindset as well. So talk us through a bit about like, I suppose, any habits that you perhaps do yourself or I suppose like how do you identify the habits that you perhaps want to incorporate into your life because something that I realized um this was actually a journal prompt that I that I came across last week and uh, the journal prompt was that if you were to look at your current habits and your current actions how would you feel in five years time so I was like right let's think about what I do every single day and the first ro- word I wrote down was unhappy um that I'd actually be sick as well um like I'd actually be like physically like mm-hmm. sick as well so I realized holy crap this needs to change so uh goal start for me I've been meditating every day for the last seven days um okay. because I was one of those people be like oh meditation is not for me I don't need mm-hmm. it that's fine and I started believing that because I kept saying I don't have time to do it I don't uh I don't want to do it so I believed everything I said whereas now I found a way of doing it that makes it enjoyable for me I do it at a time of the day that's more suitable for me and that's why it's consistent as well. So I think habits is obviously something that you probably incorporate with your own clients mm-hmm. when you start implementing. So talk us through a bit about that process. One of the things I, I reframe habits to are systems, okay? And I, I kind of start to build systems based on energy. Um, so yes, the first question that we ask is, how do you want to feel? So that journal prompt of, if you did the same thing like you do now, um, how would you feel in two years or five years or whatever? Yeah. Um, we have to base our systems, i.e. our habits, based on how do we want to feel. So the concept that I, I work with all the time is life by design, right? We know that by default that we are hardwired, our brains are hardwired for negativity, okay? That's our default survival setting because if we think of the worst, if we can uh, preempt it, if we can hear it, if we can see it, then we can protect ourselves from it. That's how our brains work. So we all have what's called a negativity bias, okay? So knowing that's our default setting, but it's our survival setting, we can often get stuck there because we think, now I'm a negative person. And then when our brain associates a negative person, it's just this vicious cycle. Knowing that changed my life because I realized that, you know, negativity wasn't part of who I was. It wasn't my fault. It was my default. Mm -hmm. And that, for me, allowed me then to go, okay, I have a choice here and I, I work with the power of choice a lot and that leads into life by design. So live your life by design rather than default. Okay. So how do you want to feel? So for me, um, my habits and systems are based around that. Now I used to go into my habits and systems when I wanted to make a change and go all in, right. That was part of my all or nothing mindset, which really got in my way because eventually I would kind of set myself up for failure. Uh, because if I wanted to feel healthier or feel fitter, I would go, okay, well, I'm going all into the gym and I'm going all into running and I'm going all in to do this. But inevitably, I would get tired, I would get burned out, and my mind would actually start to work against me because that seemed overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So one thing to note about the mind and the brain is that anything that's uncertain, anything that's overwhelming, anything that's scary, anything that's a little bit uncomfortable, unfamiliar, your brain will want you to choose what's easy because that's, it sees all that as a threat. Okay, so it wants to protect you. In that moment, we need to make a, de- a decision to go, okay, I know what my brain is doing. So for example, when I'm talking about setting up habits and systems, I'm talking about 1% habits and systems, right? So it's not, I'm going to change my life in a week. It's what is one small, tiny action you could take today? that will actually bring you to where you want to be in five years time. So when I'm looking at my goals and plans, um, I sit down normally around December or January, but you could do it anytime and go, what do I want for my life? If I was to picture myself in five years time, what can I see? How do I want to feel? And I think feelings are really important because we spoke about confidence there a while ago. Um, 
we think we need to feel motivated or confident in order to do something. So that kind of leads into that I'll be happy when mindset. And we wait for the feeling before we do the doing. But what if we did it the other way around? So what if we did the doing, right, to get the feeling? So I believe, yes, confidence is a feeling because we all say, I want to feel confident. But confidence, if we can see it as a skill, right, it's something that we can work towards. So the same way, like, we learned how to drive a car is the same way we can build confidence through going out and practicing confidence. So what do you do? What makes you feel confident? Is it when you come back from a walk, you feel amazing? Is it when you come back from the gym, you feel amazing? Or is it when you journal or meditate, you feel amazing? Mm -hmm. So these are things that make you feel good when they're done, right? Mm -hmm. So I build my habits and systems around that. So setting up a system of, I know for a fact, when I do this thing, I feel energized and I feel confident. So how do I implement that in a way that's not overwhelming to the mind? So for example, I live here in Killaloo and about maybe 40 meters down the road is a tennis court. And what I say to myself, and it's for anybody, whether you're going out walking or running or doing whatever, your mind will go, especially on a rainy day or a cold day, your mind will go, oh, it's cold outside and it's raining. I think you should uh, stay inside because it's warm. So survival, right? Mm -hmm. um in that moment what i say to myself is i'll just go to the tennis court and back so i'm i'm picking that one percent have there been days where i've just gone to the tennis court and back absolutely right but i'm proud of myself for going to the tennis court and back mm. right i'm not saying oh you only went to the tennis court it's only like 80 meters there and back <sighs> useless what narrative am i heaving into so i come back from that and go I'm really proud. Now, inevitably, nine times out of 10, what happens is when I get to the tennis court, I'm like, ah, I'll just do the round. And the round is like three or four K, right? So it's tricking the brain to do something, 1% action that doesn't overwhelm the brain. So that's not blocking you to do the thing. So my habits and systems then are based around how do I want to feel and what's one small action I can take today to bring those in. Because when we think sometimes of, changing our lives changing our mindsets feeling more confident it can feel overwhelming and we tend to want to go all in on it which mm. is perfectly understandable but inevitably we kind of hit a roadblock and we might start to feel unmotivated or we might start to feel things mm -hmm. and we take our feelings as fact and go oh I'm not motivated today I'll take a break and then that has a, a ripple effect but if we set up a system so all of my habits and systems are set up around building self-trust Okay. Right. So all of my habits and systems are built around. Can I actually follow through today on this system, on this habit? Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to myself that I want to do today or this week, it doesn't have to be daily or this week. Is it realistic that I can actually follow through with that? Mm -hmm. Because the, the counter argument to that is if I don't follow through, what I'm actually saying to myself is I'm not worth the time and I don't believe I can do it. Mm -hmm. And in the future that's going to eventually will hit that block and be like oh right okay I better stop now right so for me it's all around i make the actions so and the actions are so important right but i make the actions and the habits so one percent right so tiny that and i i'm so proud of when i achieve them mm -hmm. because the why behind it is self-trust so mm -hmm. I work with um, identity-based habits. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. So it's, we've, we've a three layer. If you could see our habits as three layers, right? We have the outcomes. So we, we typically say, I want to, let's say is, I want to run 5K. Everybody wants to run 5K in January, right? So I want to be able to run 5K. So that's the outcome. So that's the goal, right? And then typically what we do is, what are the systems? That's the next layer. What are the systems and the habits that I need to put in place in order to achieve 5K? So it might be, okay, I'll, I'll run three times a week and we'll set up a system. And what happens then is there's actually another layer that we forget about. So typically what we do is this is the outcome and these are the systems. And when I achieve the outcome, I can say to myself, I am a runner or I am confident or I am not lazy or whatever it is. So it's built around when I achieve this, this is the identity that I will have. This is what I would believe. And that's an outside-in approach. So we're relying on our outcomes to give us mm. identities or beliefs about ourselves. So what if we flip that and work from the inside out? Mm -hmm. So what do I need to believe 
right? What do I need to cultivate? What are the thoughts I need to say to myself? What are the affirmations I need to have in order for me to achieve this goal? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because what you're working on first is you're working on your belief system. And irregardless whether you run that 5K or not, what you'll be doing on your 1% habit every single day or every week, you're building self-trust and you're gaining that identity. So irregardless of whether you, you, you do that or not, that 5K, you have the identity and that's the most important. And I'll give you a real life example when it comes to my TED Talk. I have been applying to do a TED Talk for years, right? And I, if we work from the identity-based habits, I wanted to do a TED Talk, and I have no problem saying this, because I believe that when I had a TED Talk, I could classify myself as a public professional speaker, right? Mm-hmm. So there was an identity base. So when I got this, I would believe this about myself, right? And I, I believe that the process to get there was, I'll just keep applying, right? And evidently, I never got to do a TED Talk. So I changed it up. So about a year before I actually got granted <laughs> being able to do a TED Talk, um, I started to look from the inside out and said, what are the beliefs I need to have? What, what do people believe? So who, who do people who do TED Talks, what do they believe about themselves? Mm-hmm. They believe they're a confident speaker. They believe that they are, um, that the story matters, that their voice matters, uh, all of these things. And now I'm asking myself, based on those feelings, what are the systems that I need to put in place? So I practiced. I would contact, I would contact podcasts. I would contact, uh, I would say my story in front of friends. I would practice, practice, practice. I would contact, I contacted schools. I did a lot of speaking gigs. And what happened from then is the outcome I wanted was to be a professional speaker was i.e. to be paid to be a speaker. Mm-hmm. And what I was realizing in, because I was working from the inside out is that I would do a, a talk in a school and then another school would hear from me and then another school and then slowly it would be like how much is your fee and I'm like oh oh right and then you might do another speaking gig and somebody else would hear you and it's like yeah what's your fee and I started to realize that in doing it from the inside out I was building the identity so now I'm actually regardless whether I'm a TED talker or not whether I get that I have the identity because I started to work on it myself Mm. and that just came from small tiny actions but putting myself out there showing up for myself mm-hmm. and when I got the the news that I would be like uh, doing a TED talk I was like oh that's great I was really fucking proud it was really amazing but it didn't matter to a point if that makes sense yeah. because I already had the identity um so when it comes to feelings we can actually set up small habits every single day things that we do and I'll always look at habit stacks. I know I'm, I'm probably rambling now, but I'm very passionate about this. As you no, can go on, go on. <laughs> um, we can habit stack. So if we're talking about affirmation, so if we want to feel a certain way, we need to start first things first, speaking to ourselves in a really kind, professional way. Mm-hmm. So how do we want to feel? So let's say confidence, because confidence comes up in my uh, work all the time, and I'm sure it's yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we can have confidence, I truly believe, and this is my own personal opinion, uh, that we have to have self-trust. So if we take the, 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 the basis of being confident in one of your friends, how are you confident? Why are you confident in them? Well, you're confident because you can trust them. You're confident because they show up. You're confident because they speak kindly to you. And you're confident because they're honest with you. That's, for me, a great quality of a friend. And when I look at that, I go, hmm, am I being that person for myself? So am I showing up for myself? No. Okay, how do I show up for myself more? And it's in the small actions that you commit on a daily basis that you can start to build that self-trust. And when you start to show up for yourself, you realize I can trust myself. Mm-hmm. I'm showing up for myself. I'm speaking to myself in a kind way. And now I have confidence. So we kind of reverse engineer it. It has to start with self-trust. We have to know that we have our own backs and we speak to ourselves in a really kind way. It's so important. And then from there is when we have that basis or foundation of self-trust, we have self-love, we have self-respect, we have self-confidence. Because if we say today, one of my habits today is to go for a 20-minute walk or a five-minute walk, and we don't do it, mm. right? Imagine saying to yourself, imagine your best friend coming to you and saying, can you help me go for this walk? I really need your help. And you're going, yeah, I'll be there, absolutely. And then you agree to meet at a certain place and you don't show up. How is that friend going to feel? 
Mm. Visualize them in your mind, right? Like, I know if I said that to a friend, they'd feel awful. And they'd probably stop asking me because they'd lose their trust in the fact that I could show up. So they'd stop trusting me, right? So my friendship would be impacted. They might not respect me as much because I don't do what I say I'm going to do, right? It's the exact same thing for ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we say, I'm going to do this today, if we don't do it, then what we're really saying to ourselves is, I don't have time for me. Maybe I'm not worth it. That's the harsh reality of it. And if we do that over time, it just feeds into the narrative of I'm not enough. What's the point? Yeah. Like, love that. Love the um the inside outward in terms of approach for the habits. Again, I was just like, oh, I don't know what habits I should have. Cause I always felt like when I was creating habits, I'm kind of like, oh, sure, I, I should be doing what they're doing on Instagram. So that looks yeah. like what I should do as well. So that was kind of my my belief that I needed to have like the same habits as what someone does. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell my clients that like, you know, if you're looked at habits, I'm like, I can give you a, a, hun- a list of 100 suggestions, but what works for me is not going to work for you. And again, yeah. I think be, like be kind to people, like for anyone that's kind of looking at like, oh God, like I really do need to change my habits. This one I'm doing on a daily basis is not supporting me. Like you need to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as we can kind of see the running team through that conversation that you just said leads back to the conversations we've had previous. It all starts within. It's mm-hmm. not the outside. We can change the outside as much as we want. And again, like as I kind of sit, like linking back to guys, was like my own clients or like even like the people I see that I could potentially work with as well. We all think when I get to that goal weight, I'll be happy. When yeah. I look this certain way, I'll be happy. And again, it's the harsh honesty that I am as a coach because again, I'm not going to tell someone. And this is a hard thing that I just swallow. I stopped telling people what they wanted to hear in terms of saying I'm saying this for your honesty so that you can trust in mm-hmm. me um so that's another kind of thing as a coach that I've I've also learned over the last year as well that like I am very careful what I say in terms of like okay what would really benefit them what would actually help them in terms of like I'm going to say what you want me to say in terms of like I'm actually going to say this to you for the benefit of what you realize what can happen because mm-hmm. I'll have people who come and be like I want to look this way or I want to like hit this goal weight and I'm like cool amazing great goal however I'm gonna be honest and say when you see that number of the scales it might not guarantee you happiness mm-hmm. it starts from within so I love how everything is linked all back in love we can we can always flip it like so I I you've been following me on Instagram I have had uh, stomach problems for the last god knows how long and with those stomach problems comes bloat and weight gain okay so for a while initially um even as a mindset coach, I was looking in the mirror and one of my first focus was to my tummy going, oh, I'm fucking fat, like, right? I'm this and I'm that. And I started to really put labels and put words automatically onto myself. Yeah. And that went on for a period of whatever. And I wasn't motivated to, to eat well. I wasn't motivated to do anything. And I, mm-hmm. I actually got stuck in a rut quite quickly. And then I was realizing well, your brain is associating what you're saying because you keep saying that you're fat and lazy. So obviously you're not motivated to do things. So living my life by design, I started to reset myself again, right? And go, okay. And I I genuinely made this mission. When I was in the bathroom or when I was in the bedroom, I would look in the mirror, anytime I passed the mirror and go, you're fucking beautiful. Did I believe it? Absolutely not, right? Do I still believe it? Probably not. But do I still do it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. you're beautiful and I'm confident and you're confident and I say it to myself right every time I'm brushing my teeth right so again habit stack so what do we do automatically every day without even thinking we brush our teeth so mm-hmm. if you have a mirror while you're brushing your teeth brush your teeth and say your affirmations in your mind say mm-hmm. it to yourself as you look in the mirror uh, Mel Robbins also said that if you brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand you actually activate your brain to really listen to you because it's trying to oh Jesus what the hell (laughs) right so uh that's just a hack for that but Mm. if you have it stuck on that like every time make a decision every time I look in the mirror I'm going to say this to myself and within two weeks I noticed a huge difference in my confidence right and I I I love this because I was kind of aware from a mindset approach of I want to see if this actually works because I'm, I'm really not feeling myself like the last couple of weeks or whatever mm-hmm. months even and uh I was able through that self-talk and every time I passed the mirror 
I'm beautiful, you're beautiful, you're fucking awesome. I would just say all these things. And I was more motivated, I was more confident, joined back to the gym, started eating healthy again, and was really taking action and being proactive against like what was going on in my tummy, right? Mm-hmm. When I was speaking negatively to myself, all of that went out the window. Um, so if anybody takes anything with this, the words we speak to ourselves matter so flipping much. Mm-hmm. And we can actually consciously, all of the time, make a decision every single moment of every single day to just flip it. If I'm having a negative thought, what do I want to actually believe about myself? What's more empowering that I can say to myself? Mm-hmm. If we're passing a mirror, if we're starting to feel unconfident, let's by design just start telling yourself you're beautiful. Will you believe it? No. Will it feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Right. But over time, your energy will start to change. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you'll feel more motivated because what's happening is your brain is associating. Oh, she keeps telling herself she's confident. What do confident people do? And then it's, it's so much easier to do the actions because it's this mind-body connection that your brain is working for you now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I know it's a huge difference in that. Um, so yeah, that was just a bit of a tangent. No, no, no. <laughs> I love it. Love it. But one of the things I actually wanted to briefly touch upon because you said it, I think, twice. And I, I think you kind of like, you smirked as well when you kind of said it as well, is you've obviously talked about going all in. Mm-hmm. Just a few moments ago, you talked about going, then you talked about the all or nothing mindset. Yeah. So let's differentiate the two because as you would probably, now I know people are probably like listening to this podcast and probably feeling hopefully as I am truly inspired, like genuinely mm-hmm. inside, I feel like my soul is on fire because I love listening to you. I love hearing you talk because you just, everything you say, I'm like, that's exactly it. I was like, you said the words that I need to think about <laughs> and everything like that. So like, I know I'm going to be taking action from even listening to this podcast. I know mm-hmm. the actions I need to take, even like how you're actually saying how, how to build those habits in a different way. But I suppose mm-hmm. like for me, and again, why I'm kind of saying this to, to people now is like, you know, again, people might feel like, oh my God, Kira said something and now I'm going to take action. I'm going to go, you know, give it everything I have. And similarly, some people might be like, oh my God, I now realize, you know, I want to work with Kira. I want to work with Jess because this mm-hmm. is what I want now. And people come with the all or nothing mindset. So let's mm-hmm. briefly talk about, I suppose, as you said, you went all in when after the yeah. uh, your third attempt and everything and in terms of like going to see the counselor and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. let's differentiate that for people to help them with that. Okay, so um, first things first, when, and this is my personal approach to going all in and why it's important to me is mm-hmm. it's about making choices and decisions that impact your life in a positive way right and those choices and decisions for me are one percent choices and decisions okay uh i don't set out to completely 360 change my life or anything like that it's what can i do today what are the things that i can go all in today right so every morning i do that exercise right of what are three feelings I'd like to feel today and three actions I can take to get there. That for me has been fundamental in allowing me to go all in. Mm -hmm. What I mean by going all in is I will not falter on those actions. Okay. That's how important it is because I know my self-trust is on the line, right? So going all in for that. So going all in, I ask myself the question, what do I truly need? Right. If we can step out of our mind, because our mind will always choose what's easy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Our mind does that to help us survive and exist and be safe. But if we can see that aspect of the mind as an overprotective parent or friend, right, that doesn't want you to even leave your house so that it can keep you really safe. But the more that we stay there, the less we feel like we're living and thriving. Mm-hmm. So going all in for me is, is making harder choices in the moment. So for me, I love that. And I'm sure you've seen it yourself as hard choices, easy life and easy choices, hard life. That's how I live my life. And that's how I go all in. And what I will say is making choices for the betterment of yourself, whether that's instead of um, drinking the can of Coke, which I'm guilty for, it's have I had my water first? And I go all in on that. Um, it's, it's, It's asking myself, have I given myself what I needed? what I really truly needed, it's a harder choice in the moment. That to me is going all in all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I do that on a consistent basis, but I only ever focus on the day, right? How can I go all in? So in terms of business, 
how can I go all in on my business? What are the 1% actions I can take today that will impact my business going forward in the future? And I just take that day by day, right? And that leads to really great things, right? And we forget that small steps can lead to really monumental things. The all or nothing mindset is, is almost kind of like, I'm either doing it or I'm not, right? And when I do it, I need to do it big, right? That, that would be my kind of, when we talk about maybe fitness, it would be, I want to run 5K and we go out straight away and run two or 3K and then we're goosed and we're injured, right? That can be the all or nothing mindset. Uh, it can lead to all or nothing thinking as well. So that leads then if we have a, a failure in that, if we don't reach that 5K, we then go, oh, well, then I'm all or nothing. So I'm either a failure or I succeeded. So I'm a failure. So it can have this ripple effect. So the all or nothing mindset is very much centered around going like to give this as much as I can. But actually what happens in that is that the, the brain gets overwhelmed and we get overwhelmed. We get tired and we don't set ourselves up for, for success. So for me, it's the difference is I'm going all in, but it's going all in in a steady way. Right, the, the importance of, of really small actions on a consistent basis that lead to really monumental things. So for me, it's have I given myself exactly what I needed? And if what I need is a harder choice in the moment, I go all in on that choice. Mm-hmm. And like if, if I go back to, to when I came out of hospital, like going all in meant I truly probably was a bit nervous and scared and didn't really want to. My brain was probably going, you don't need counseling and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. but I went all in on that because I knew it was going to impact my life in a positive way so yeah. and when I was in there I went all in because I said exactly how I felt uh when I speak I speak and I go all in because I'm an open book and I believe that the more I can share my story the more other people can be impacted in a positive way so that's kind of the difference I hope I've kind of explained it in terms of where I go all in and what's different from all or nothing mindset but the all or nothing mindset can really keep us stuck in a loop of going like as hard as we can and then actually hitting the dip and then getting to a pain point and then actually kind of doing the same thing all in repeat and never really getting anywhere yeah no you explained it perfectly as well because it's just it's because you did differentiate between the yeah. two and i suppose a lot of people might be like oh that's the same thing and i'm like there is a difference so i think yeah how you explained it perfectly was absolutely amazing like kira jesus christ we could talk on for another about six hours <laughs> it, it would still never be enough but because we talked about so much in terms of like, you know, again, like, you know, obviously one of your highlights last year, obviously you've been, had such incredible highlights over the last obviously few months as well. Um, to everything that you've come through is just truly incredible. And there's obviously so much people can take from this episode. There's so much learnings. There's so much actions people could take. But if you were to give one p- final kind of like piece of advice or one action for someone to do right now, regardless of their situation, what one thing would you say to them right now? Anyone listen to anyone listening? Irregardless of how you feel, mm-hmm. and I say this with the knowledge of somebody might be listening at their rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always make a choice. Right, you are literally one decision away from a totally different life. Yeah, and if we can base that decision on as uncomfortable as it might seem being your own best friend and that sounds a bit cheesy but being your own best friend if we can make our decisions from that place am I supporting myself the same way I would my best friend am I showing up for myself the same way I would my best friend am I speaking to myself with the same kindness and love that I do to my best friend if the answer is no on any of that you get to make a decision to actually go this is what I'm going to do now and it can be a small decision but that small decision centered around being your own best friend will have so much um impact in your life in a so so much more positive way and if you begin to make decisions based on that then your life i promise you based on experience i am literally living proof that it changes so much of your life for the positive for the better because it starts with you Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Like that's, I think you just literally summed up everything so perfectly. Um, so Kira, if anyone is looking to learn more from you, to mm-hmm. 
potentially work with you as well and how you could perhaps help them more after this where could people find you yes you can find me on instagram and across all socials at the mindset coach IRL. amazing amazing kira thank you so so much for an incredible conversation um so guys i'll leave um kira's uh links in the show notes for if you guys want to go follow her or uh potentially work with her as well but like no doubt again I will also, as I said, I will leave the TED Talk in the show notes as well, because again, it's something that kind of following off this conversation, you will kind of get, get a more in-depth kind of um, story, I suppose, um, of Kira as well. So it was truly amazing. So Kira, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Legend.